Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. Uh, quickly, I'm Jason. My name's Jason Mann. Howdy, howdy. Shouldn't be clapping for me. My wife, Sylvie, she, where did she go? <laughs> there she is, okay. That's my wife, Sylvie. Her and I, we, we serve here uh, in multiple areas at, at Church 214. Uh, one, of our, one of our favorites being in, in Youth 214. She's been serving this week with VBS, and it's been so, it's just like so awesome. I love hearing her stories about what's been going on at VBS. They've been hanging out in Ephesians, putting on the full armor of God, which is awesome because that's kind of tied into what we're going to be talking about today. We're hanging out today in the letter to Ephesus in the book of Revelation. It hasn't been an exciting past couple of weeks as we've been studying this topic. The revelation of Jesus, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. I could not be more, more excited to, to share about who Jesus was and is and is to come and what he's done and what and what the Lord has just given me over the past couple months. See, it was revealed to us a couple months ago that we were going to be spending the second half of 2023 in the book of Revelation. And I came immediately unglued. I could not believe it. Because, because this is about him. Like, this is, this is about Jesus. This is about Jesus. It's, it's, not a, it's not about us. It's so, much, it's so amazing that we get to come gather in his presence where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is. There he is. This is about him. We gather together for one reason. It's Jesus. We pray. We pray to Jesus. This wonderful man, this Lamb of God. Friends, I, have, I gave my heart like my all in all to Jesus in February of 2020. I've known the Lord for a while, like since, I, I, since I've grown up. But in 2020, in February in Sylvie's Kitchen, I gave my heart fully to the Lord. I said, we're going to chase after, we are going to chase after Jesus. And like, I want to know who he is. Who is he? Who is this man? And through all of my studies, through all the questions, and I've gotten, I've gotten mentored by some of the wisest people, and I'm so grateful for that. Some of them are sitting in this front row. Some of them are going to be listening on the podcast. Some of them are not here right now. But each, each it doesn't matter. Like the, if I study the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit loves to lead you to Jesus. If you study God, look no further than his perfect will in the flesh, Jesus. We worship this man. We come together, we gather for this man. And to think that we are going to spend this time unpacking 
and diving in to our salvation, to the Word. The Word, the Word's not, the Word's not even about, the Word is about Jesus. To go deeper and deeper and deeper. And you can think that you, you can think that you've almost figured it out, but I, I, but you can't. Like, you literally can't. Like, as deep as you go, there's more. There's more. And glory. There's more glory to be unveiled as you press toward Jesus. There is one gospel, a full gospel, and that gospel is about Jesus. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Oh, so am I. Okay. All right. Let's say let's say a prayer. Father, it's an honor to come before you with the sheep of the flock, Lord, to gather for you, to worship you, to know more about you, to encounter, to encounter you. Jesus, would you break down the walls that we've put up? Would you break down the distractions, Lord? Would we lay all of our distractions aside, our desires aside? And we want to touch from the King today. Today, Lord, do not let us leave. Do not let us leave the same. Let us leave with a touch from heaven, from the King of glory. Your word is alive and active, Lord, just as alive and active as you are. And so we just say collectively, Lord, welcome. Welcome. Would you unlock the scriptures to us today? We bless you, King Jesus. We love you. It's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Mm. Friends, it says long ago, it says in the book of Hebrews, long ago, God used to speak to the fathers of the Israelites through the prophets in many times, at many times, and in many different ways. But it says in these last days. He has spoken to us by his son. By his son. Friends, this is about Jesus. You're going to hear that a couple times today. I'm just going to break it to you right now. This is about him. The unveiling of Jesus. John is standing on a prison island for the testimony of who? Jesus. We learned in the past few weeks as we've been introducing Revelation, John is on prison, or John is on an island, a prison island in Patmos for the testimony of Jesus. And it says that he's caught up in the spirit in the Lord's day on this prison island. 
And it says, as he's worshiping in the spirit, he turns, and who does he see? Jesus. He sees Jesus in his fullness and in his brilliance. Risen and exalted, coming on the clouds. And Jesus, with eyes as magnificent as the sunset, if any of y'all caught that sunset last night, Sylvie was about to see me drive off the road as we were coming back to Peoria. I, could not cu- I couldn't get away from it. And just to think, as that sun was setting, that sunset, when you look into the eyes of Jesus Christ, that sunset, that fire is in his eyes. It's more beautiful, more magnificent than anything that we can ever imagine. And the first thing that he does, he tells John, write seven letters to seven churches. And his first letter is a lovesick cry. Like he's crying out to his church in Ephesus. And so we're going to open up to Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. And this is what the king of glory tells John to write to his church in Ephesus. Write to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Thus says the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil people. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. I know that you have persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name and that you have not grown weary. But I have, I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen and repent. And do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless, unless you repent. Yet you do have this. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Let anyone who has ears, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Friends, listen. Listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. A lovesick cry. Like, do you hear, do you hear his heart in that? Do you hear his heart in that? Friends, if we come to the scriptures thinking that we are condemned, that we have a God who is looking at us and saying, I can't believe you. Shame on you. How could you? That's not his heart. He's crying out here. You have abandoned the love that you had at first, and yet 
Like, look at all, look at all the, look at all he's commended it on, commended them on. I'll get too, too ahead of myself here. I want to focus on, on some pieces of scripture that were highlighted in this. Among, among, thus says the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. He's not far away. He's closer than we know. He's closer than we think. And we get so caught up in these distractions of of this world. Of the desires that we have. And we say, Jesus, how can you be? How can you be close? God, where are you? And he he is establishing in his word, his promise to us. That he is among us. Holds the seven stars in his right hand. Friends, he holds the universe in line. Newton's laws of physics are his laws that he designed. He holds it all in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Took that song for granted whenever I was little. But he's got the whole world in his hands, and yet he's among us. He's among us. We do not fear. No spirit of fear. Kaylin, that was beautiful this morning. No spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, because we have full access. He is right next to us, and we can call on him. We can turn to him at any moment. Friends, he is among us, not off in some distant land, not in, some, not in, not in the heavens far, far, far away where we got to complete X, Y, and Z. No, he's among his church. He sees everything. He hears everything from the beginning in the garden until we are back in the garden. He's among us. He's among us through the suffering He's among us through the most triumphant times, through stretching, through challenging, even when it doesn't feel like it or look like it or sound like it, he's there. He is there. And and he's here. Jesus is here. Can you say that with me? Jesus is here. The name. The name. The name above every other name. It's right here. It's right here. Our first love. Mm, Our first love. And he's so loving too. He's so kind. Like you know, you know in the letters, you're waiting for something. You're just like, okay, he's gonna he's gonna list off some things he's proud of. What is what is he like? What's going on here? Like, what is he? What is, what is, what's in the middle of this? And he, and he starts off so gentle. I know your works. Verse two, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, that you cannot tolerate evil people. The church in Ephesus was, the church was built in a large city. A harsh time. Paul plants the church in Ephesus. 
He writes to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus is mentioned a couple times in the New Testament. And in Paul's letter to Ephesus, what did the kids just rehearse to us? You've got to put on the full armor of God. And this is what his church is doing at this time. It's putting on the full armor of God. I know your works, your labor, your endurance, and that you can't tolerate evil people. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. I know that you have persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name, and that you have not grown weary. That's pretty good. Like, that, those are some kind words. Like, can you imagine being the church at Ephesus at this time? Under the conditions at this time? Like, you've got evil tyrants ruling and running the land. They're coming up to you and they're saying, hey, you've got to declare that Caesar is Lord. Laws are going through the land. And they're like, hey, we don't, we don't know much of this Jesus. But you've got to say, you've got to declare, you've got to compromise. You've got to, you've got to declare that Caesar is Lord. They're not doing that here. Like, you can see it. Like, he's like, good job. Good job. Y'all are putting on the cast. Y'all are putting on the crew. Y'all's production meetings are on top of it. Like, you guys are doing so well, so well. Oh, but he has this, but he has this, this one thing, this one thing. Our first love is saying, but I have this against you. And it's that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Like that fiery, that passionate, that intimate love. Like you guys are doing works. Like you guys are, you guys are advancing the kingdom. You guys are growing the kingdom. You've got young, middle, old. You guys are doing it. But I can tell that your heart has turned away from me. And, and get this. In verse 5, he says, remember then how far you have fallen. This is, a, this is a great fall. For your heart to turn from Jesus. At the beginning, we were declaring that this is all about Him. Worship is all about Him. Prayer is all about Him. The Bible is all about Him. But whenever your eyes start to shift, whenever your heart starts to shift, friends, it's a great fall that he is recognizing here. All that you've done for me and during trials bravely for my name, but you have left your first love. And this is like the type of love that that he's talking about in the book of in the song of song in the song of songs 
In Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I'm truly his rose. The very theme of his song, I'm overshadowed by his love like a lily growing in the valley. And the king says, yes, you are my darling companion. You stand out from the rest. For, through the, for though the thorns surround you, you remain as pure as a lily more than all others. Though the thorns surrounding us, the grip of sin coming after us, us falling, us coming short, our failures, you remain as pure as a lily. This is the type of love that he has for us. This passionate love, this love that is greater than anything that we could imagine. This here is the bride and the bridegroom love. This is that holy, passionate love. And I love this because while, while preparing for this, Sylvia and I, we just celebrated a year of being married together. And it was, oh, thank you so much. And we, we had a, a lovely reception for our year anniversary. It's a long story. We could talk about it sometime. And then we went on a honeymoon to Punta Cana. And it was just her and I just, just for six nights. And, oh, man. That time, like, we were, we were, like, hip to hip the whole time. Just like, what do you want to do? I don't care. Like, well, I'll go wherever you want to go. Like, that type of thing. I'll eat whatever you want to eat, you know. She tells me, you want to go to a steakhouse? I'll go to a steakhouse because she doesn't like steak. That type of love. And this is the type of love that we have to have with our Savior. This is the type of love that we have to have with our King. See, He's our Father. He's our master. He's our savior. He's also our first love. We are his bride. And he is the bridegroom. And it says that our bridegroom is coming back for his bride. And he's coming back for a bride that's fully armored up. Standing in the full armor of God. A bride that is holding and storing oil like it's like the five it's like the five brides who are holding their lamps of oil five have their oil lamps filled and five are running empty he's coming back for an oily bride <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he is he's coming back for for a fiery, passionate bride. They're trying to trip up Jesus in, uh, in the book of Matthew. Um, some, some scribes are coming after him and they're saying, Lord, what's the most important law of the commandments, of the Ten Commandments? 
And he kind of, he answers the question in his own way. And he says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39, a verse that I memorized in VBS. That was the first one that I did. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What's he focus on first? The heart. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. Jeremiah 17.10, the Lord searches hearts and examines minds. All throughout scripture, there's talk about a hardened heart and a soft heart, a gentle heart. And Ezekiel, it says, I'll replace within you. I'll take out a heart of stone. And I'll place in you a heart of flesh, a beating heart, a heart that just comes undone for him. And so what can be, what can happen whenever we're doing all these good works, we're, we're commended for all these works. What can happen in this to where our love would grow cold for the Lord? He says to repent. Repent. And do the works you did at first with a heart full of love. Friends, repentance is the key to keeping the love pure. Like that continual turning. We, we talk about it all the time. Like turn towards the Lord. Turn towards the Lord. Continual turning. The Bible says bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The goodness of God leadeth to repentance. Turn towards the Lord. Turn towards the Lord. If, there's, if, if the flame is feeling dim, friends, turn towards the Lord. Like, don't make it complicated. All right? If someone's trying to give it to you complicated, step away. Like, turn towards the Lord. Turn towards the Lord. You don't know what to do? Go grab a friend. You know the ones who are on fire. Like, there's something about them. Turn towards the Lord. Go to them. Confess something. Confess something. Seek it in your heart when you wake up. Friends, turn towards the Lord. Not just when you come to church. Turn towards him here too. Because when we all do it collectively, together, corporately, uh, in a corporate touch, wow. <laughs> yeah. But turn towards him. Go grab, grab somebody who you trust. Grab somebody who you're confident. Grab a leader. Grab Grab somebody who's serving and saying, I need, to, I need to get something off my chest. And they're probably going to lead you right down to the front and say, come meet Jesus. And let me tell you, if you are turning, if you grab somebody and you say, hey, I need to get this. And they turn you to anybody but Jesus. No. No, you have got to go to the Lord. I'll sit there sometimes and... Even in the word, we can go back to the declarations at the very beginning. Even at the word, you're just like, well, I just want to know more. Yeah, me too. I just want to get, I just want to get closer to him. Why? Why? He's going to search your heart and examine your mind. And if you're in the scriptures, Friends, the scriptures are about him. He won't unlock them unless you're trying to get to him. 
if our heart gets cloudy, if our mind gets cloudy, you turn towards the Lord. And he's ready for whatever you, like, whatever you have. Like, it's, I'm telling you, his, his forgiveness level is off the charts. Like, like, he is the best forgiver. Like, I heard this one time, the key to a good relationship is two good forgivers. He's the best one. It doesn't matter if you're struggling with status, like if you're like, like who you are, like where, like where you want to be, like he will come and he will, he will take the pain away. He will take the hurt away. He will take the guilt away. What are you struggling with? What are you struggling with that, that you need to lay down at the Lord's feet? Is it addiction? Is it gossip? Come lay it down. Come lay it down. Friends, there's nothing. There's nothing. You're not going to surprise him. He is unfazed. He's unfazed at the enemy lurking about, going to and from, trying to trip up anybody. Trying to trip up young. He's going after the kids. High schoolers, he's going after them. Are you old in age? He's going after you too. He's not going after the ones that are, that are clubbing it up all the time. He's going after the ones that are seeking his presence. The enemy will try and trip you up the second your eyes turn towards the Lord. You, you get vulnerable, you come down to the front, the enemy's going to do anything that he can to keep you back in your seat. The enemy is going to do anything he can to keep you chained. And Jesus shatters those chains whenever you just truly say, Lord, I come to you. And so why do we repent like this? Why do we bear, why do we bear this fruit in keeping with repentance? Because of the great reward that he has coming for those who repent. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet you do have this. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers... I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. What, oh, what a joy. Like, the paradise, like, the paradise, the paradise can only be equated to the garden. We're going, we're going home, y'all. This is a temporary season. Our time here is temporary. And he's calling us back to the garden. He's saying, I want to be with you in paradise. Repent. Go back to your first love. Come back to me. 
It says in Revelation 3.20, we'll get there in a, in a couple weeks too, in chapter 3. Uh, it says in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and I knock. He's just standing there waiting to come in. He's waiting. Friend, if you don't, if you don't know this Jesus, he is standing at your door and knocking. Gently too. He doesn't, he doesn't, go, he doesn't go like the haymakers, like your best friend at like 2 a.m. No. No, but he, he is standing at the door and knocking. And he'll stand there too. He'll stand there as long as he needs to. He doesn't trespass. He lets you make the decision. In Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 2. The Shulamite says, Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. He says, my head is drenched with dew. My hair with the dampness of the night. He'll stand outside all night. He stands at the door and knocks. So gentle. So humble. That the dew of the night rests on his head. There's no one like this man. There's no one like this man. And he wants you and I to be in paradise with him. To overcome a cold, stubborn heart. And to repent. To conquer. And this, he's given the letters to the seven churches so that they can know how to conquer, how to press forward, how to get to him. He commends them and then he tells them what he has against them. Yet you do have this, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans, the best way that I can describe this is if there were those out in the past who would, who would set up stumbling blocks for the Israelites to fall over so that the people of Jesus would compromise. And yet, he doesn't say, you hate the Nicolaitans, you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans. There's nobody that's out of his distance. There's nobody that's out of his reach. This whole letter is love. The true and utmost love. Love that we can't even imagine. Love that has the power to rip us out of the chains of sin and death. There is no greater love. There is no greater love than this. And he's calling to them and he wants them so bad to conquer and eat from the tree that is in the paradise of God because he's done it all. He's done it all. He is in his radiance and in his brilliance as John is looking at him. As he's getting instruction from the Savior of the Lamb of God. 
He's done it all. He came. He lived. He died. He gave us the perfect example of what it was to be fully devoted to the Father, to fully love the Father, and to fully love others in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering. In the, Jesus was challenged. Jesus experienced hunger. Jesus got tired. He had to go away and pray. He faced temptation. He didn't get served up the golden platter. He went through it all. And he didn't use the status of being God as something to take advantage of. That's love. That's love. And friends, what I'm asking you today is can you come come to this love? Come be undone in this love that he offers. It's a river. It's a river. We're all in the river. We're all in the river. We're going... The world has us going one way and Jesus is looking for the ones that will turn and go upstream. Go against the current. And actually experience the washing, the rivers of life. Come to him today. Come to him. Because there's a great reward. There is a great reward. Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 17. This is our first love talking to us again. Verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. Look, I'm coming soon. My bride, my friend, I'm coming soon. And my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed, abundantly blessed are those who wash their robes. Who wash their robes. Who are in the rivers of the waters of repentance. Who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you, for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright and morning star. Both the Spirit 
and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, friends, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Come. Let the one who desires take the water of life freely. It's a gift. It's a gift we can't earn. Come. This is a lovesick cry from Jesus. He's saying, come. He's saying, come. Would you stand to your feet? Friends, we're about to sing how good Jesus is. He is among us right now. He is among us right now. And if you don't know him, I invite you to come up. Come up here. Come up. Come to the carpets. Come up here. But don't just come to the altar. Don't come up here to just for nothing. Come to meet Jesus. Come to meet Jesus. If you come down here right now when you're praying, don't pray to the carpets. Don't pray to the altar. God didn't send an altar. God sent his son. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. If you don't know him, come to Jesus. If your flame is dim, come to Jesus. If you feel on fire right now, there's more fire. Come to Jesus. Jesus, we praise you. Lord, what an honor to gather together, Lord. This isn't optional in other parts of the world, Lord, but we get to gather together freely here with one another, Lord, with one goal, with one desire, with one thing in mind, and that's you, and that's your love. So Holy Spirit, would you do what only you can do right now? And Lord, would you touch every heart in here, Lord, every heart would you help us lay down the distractions, the desires that we have, Lord, that take us away from you? Anything that's clouding our minds, Lord, anything that's chirping in our ear right now that is taking our focus away from you. We come to the rivers, the waters of repentance, Lord, and we say, change us. We came here today, Lord, because you, draw, you drew us in. And so, Lord, we lay it all down. We lay it all down at the cross, Lord. We pick up our own cross and we carry it. And as we carry it, Lord, throughout this life, would you speak through that cross? Would you speak through that humility? Would you speak through the Christ that comes alive in us? Lord, there's nothing that, there's nothing that surprises you. There's nothing that you say, oh, that's too much. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. We praise you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.